kind of picking up where we were last week. Uh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for grace on Jacob. Just coming on Jacob. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for mm, that, that grace to be what God has called you to be. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, we can just call on that grace any for anything we need, for any time we need it. You know, if the kid's screaming in the night, we can call on grace. I wish I'd have known that when my kids were screaming in the night. Don't y'all? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know it then. But thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Trying to looking for the I'm looking for the landing strip to how to or <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Well, we'll start with this. There is an answer or a solution to every question on earth. There is an answer and a solution. So don't say to yourself, there's just no way. There's just no way to work this out. This is just too complicated. You know, it's such a mess. And one of the things about worship, so many things are done in worship that it's just totally amazing. One of the things that is done is that grace is released. But the solutions and problems and they are solved as we just seek Him and go to the throne room and we go into the throne room of grace. We don't go in there to solve problems. We go in there because we love God and we want to worship Him. But as we do that, there's just things released in our lives and things that have been clinging to us turn loose. And, um, and, and, and there's just something about corporate worship that is so powerful. Just like there's something about corporate prayer. There's things you can't get done by yourself in personal prayer that you have to get in corporate prayer. And it's amazing because even when you come to corporate prayer and you don't pray about the thing that you need prayer for, it's like something things get done in corporate prayer that would never, hallelujah. And part of that is tongues. Part of that is because you don't know what I'm praying in tongues. And I don't know what you're praying in tongues. And then our tongues going, going together, I'm a joint that supplies and you're a joint that supplies. And so we have, we, we have an agreement that is supernatural. We have, you know, I might, my head might not agree with you or agree with, and your head might not even agree with what you really need. You might say, no, 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 that's not what I need, God. I need this other thing. And, um, but in corporate prayer and in, there's a, there's a spirit agreement that we don't even, we don't even know. And every time, it's, it's amazing. Pastor and I talk about this sometimes because if you have four people that pray together all the time, if one is absent, it's like, it's different. The joint, that joint and that supply that they were bringing, it's not that you don't get anything done, but it's just that it's like, um, 
there's something in the mix. And so, like on Monday night, we usually have people that are absent. We have people that have never been before. And it's like it's kind of a, a new miracle every Monday night because a different joint that supply comes, and then there's a joint that's missing. And uh, hallelujah. So it's an amazing thing what God does in corporate prayer. It's an amazing thing what God does in worship. Problems are solved. You know, I remember many years ago reading a testimony by Lynn Hammond and her and her husband pastor in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And um, it's actually a suburb, but anyway, they passed her up there. And uh, she said this woman came to her office for counseling. And she said literally... The woman had so many problems, and it was so tangled and convoluted. And, you know, I've known, I I don't really know a lot of people that way, but I've seen situations where it was just, and she said, this woman, it was like, she said, I really didn't even know what to tell her or what to say or where to start or anything. And so I just looked to my heart, to the Lord, and she said, the Lord said, just get her into my presence. And so she just got her to worship and just got her into his presence. And then all of a sudden, like the next week, everything just started lining up and problems that you didn't even know could be solved. Problems that there was no earthly solution for. Just all of a sudden. And so amazing things happen in worship and amazing things happen in corporate prayer. And I believe in corporate worship. I think we can worship at home, but I think we can go to a higher place corporately than probably we get to at home. For one thing is, you know, I meditate on this a lot in football seasons coming up. I meditate on staying in the pocket. You know, five years ago, if you had asked me what staying in the pocket meant, I, well, maybe I'd have known five years ago, but I can tell you for sure I wouldn't have known 15 years ago. I'd have been like, you know, what is that? <laughs> you know, and uh, but now I know, you know, that the quarterback is supposed to stay in the pocket and the other team's trying to force him to get him out of the pocket. But he, that he's supposed to stay in the pocket. I don't know if y'all are, but does anybody say oh, that is foreign? But anyway... <laughs> But that's the way a lot of things are in God is if you can stay in the pocket long enough, you can get set free. You can get your needs met. You can get broke through. You can get delivered. And that's how worship is, is when we worship. When I worship at home, I struggle to stay in the pocket, if you know what I mean. But when I worship with you, it's not hard. It's like because if I get up and walk off to check the laundry, y'all are going to think something's really weird about me so I just stay in the pocket hallelujah but when I'm at home I can be right in the middle of worship I mean I can just be worshiping or praying and I just get up and go do laundry go up go go hang up clothes you know those clothes are going to wrinkle you know if you just leave them laying there they're going to wrinkle you know hallelujah and then while I'm doing that, I think, well, I ought to get a drink. It's kind of like that book, if you give a mouse a cookie. And then he's going to want a glass of milk. And then he's going to want this. And it's, that's how I am sometimes. It's like, man, if I go to the laundry, then I need to go get more hangers. And then I need to, you know. And then it's just, and I'm like that mouse. that It's just like you cannot. And then by the time I get back, I've lost my momentum. 
you've lost momentum and you've lost your and hallelujah for the hallelujah for staying in the pocket and holding that place in the spirit and that's the way prayer is corporate prayer it's like i don't care how disciplined you are uh I can push you. I can push you to places in the Spirit you can't get by yourself. And people do that for me all the time where they push me. And we were praying with some people last night and and they, you know, we were we were all praying and pushing and and you know and they before we prayed we had kind of given out a few prayer requests and uh, for and so one she had had this prayer request for a specific financial situation, and so we're praying, and all of a sudden this word, this word came up out of my mouth, and I didn't even plan it, didn't know it was coming, didn't think about it, hadn't seen it before, hadn't thought about it before, and she was like, "Oh my word! When you said that, I saw this, and I saw this, and I saw this, and that's the answer. That's what I need to get this financing done." And, you know, but it wasn't me. I mean, if I, I wouldn't have ever, if she had called me on the phone and said, Debbie, would you pray for this? And I'd prayed, I probably wouldn't have got that. I doubt seriously I'd have got it. But that push, I can push you places and you can push me places in the spirit that you, you and I can't go by ourselves. And so, hallelujah. So there's an answer to every question on earth. The renewed mind is designed by God to catch the answers. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Revelation 5.10, it says that He has made us kings and priests unto God. Y'all know that? Let's look over there. Revelation 5.10. Do you know you're a king? You know, we just had a new baby born. How many of you were on baby watch? I know they were making fun of it and they were complaining, but I liked it. I mean, there's just something about families and babies and, you know, that's just sweet. And, you know, I, so I'm like, oh, have they had it? And I would check every once in a while. Well, I knew I would know because I get that Fox News where breaking news comes to my iPhone immediately. So I knew as soon as it was born, I'd know. But so I was like, okay, we're going to get this baby. And so when the baby was born, I was like, oh, I got to know what its name is. I've just got to know. You know, and people were speculating on its name. One man said Spike, and one, uh, we kind of doubted that. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, it was George Alexander Lewis. Hallelujah. So, I guess he's going to be little George. I don't know. I think that's his name. I would have called him Alexander. But, anyway. Well, that's all extra. But the point is, we're kings. He's four, He's, what, third in line, third in line. Yeah, he yeah, he prince he pushed Harry to fourth in line, Prince Harry. Hallelujah. And so, but we're kings already. We're kings. We don't have to wait for somebody to die or abdicate the throne. We're kings. And and we can find that in Revelation five ten. I I'm get to talking about that baby and hallelujah. And has made us unto, well, let's read. I love this scripture. And they sang a new song, verse 9, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by the blood. I love that. By the blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Man from all over. Hallelujah. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So you are a king. Now, I want to tie that to the scripture 
in uh, Proverbs 25, 2, it says, and we'll go over there. Hallelujah. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. It is the honor of kings to search out of matter. So, hallelujah, we're kings, and it's, a, it's an honor for us to have the privilege to search out the things of God. So even though there's an answer for every situation, God wants us to seek Him. He wants us to seek Him, and so that's why things are uh, not just readily laying on the surface. He wants us to seek Him. He wants us to come and, and, uh, and find Him and find the answers. Hallelujah. But if we don't do that, what we end up doing is we try to solve problems with natural things. We try to, we can try to do our ministry with the natural. And you know, we're pretty smart people. So we can look out there on the internet and say, okay, that's how they do it. That's how they lead worship. That's how that lady that was singing was Lydia Stanley. We can say, well, that's how Lydia Stanley leads worship. But we won't even come close to being with the same songs what Lydia Stanley is if we do not seek God and seek God out. Hallelujah. It takes a seeking. So we don't want to try to get results. We talked about last week. I picked on, I'm picking on uh, the worship team, I guess, a little bit this week. But last week I picked on the children's ministers and said, you know, we could go out to children's church and teach. You know, truly, you wouldn't even have to study. You could just take the book and open. Oh, well, after you get in there, y'all play on the playground and I'll kind of look and see what this week's lesson is. Oh, well, I see. That's about laying on of hands. Well, I know about that. Well, I'll just kind of talk about that to the kids. But if you don't seek God, you won't, first of all, you know, you won't have an anointing. The Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But there's three parts to the ministry. That's the gifts, the callings, and the anointing. And the anointing ebbs and flows. The anointing can be increased. The anointing can disappear from our lives. But the gift and calling will always be there. No matter what we do, no matter, you know, if you're called, you're called. If you're called to be a children's minister, when you stand before God, that's what God's going to say. What did you do with the children? And then, and then we're going to have to answer for that. If we're called to pastor, if we're called to lead worship, whatever we're called to do. Hallelujah. And I know sometimes people are teaching children that maybe that's not their ultimate call, but they're just doing it because their hand found that to do. But when, we, when that's the case, what we need to do is be a steward. Because the faithful steward always gets rewarded. Those that are faithful over a little become rulers and masters over much. So, the, so seeking God is tremendously important for a myriad of reasons in our lives. But one of the reasons that I want to talk about tonight is seeking God uh, concerning these things of the Spirit and the glory and the gifts of the Spirit and just talk about that a little bit. Because um, if we don't seek God, we will operate in a low-grade revelation a low-grade anointing. And, you know, in uh, 
Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, uh, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us and our children. So when something gets revealed in the earth, I'm not even just talking about, well, you were at home praying and all of a sudden you had a revelation. I'm talking about whether it's in preaching here and something's revealed that you didn't know or whether it was uh, something you just heard about in a testimony. Once something's revealed, it belongs to the church. It belongs to you. It belongs specifically to you. And so we've had a lot of stuff revealed to us in this church. Maybe you just heard it by testimony on Sunday morning when we show a, DV, a video. But, um, or maybe you heard me give a testimony for it. Or maybe you read it in a book. But once you know about it, it belongs to you. And so these things of the glory, these things of the supernatural signs and wonders, these things of the gifts of the Spirit, they now belong to us because they've been revealed. Hallelujah. Actually, they belong to us, you know, even if we don't know about them, but if they're in the church, they already belong to us. So even if you were down at First Church somewhere, and boy, you never heard of that. Did you ever have something come up? Somebody tell you something? Boy, you say, man, I never heard of that. Well, it still belongs to you. Hallelujah. I, read, I heard about a woman this week that she was on a mission trip and she lost her watch. And it was something her dad had given her. It meant a lot to her. And so she like looked for it for four days on this mission trip. She's looking for this watch. And finally she just said, Lord, I just surrender it to you. I'm just, it's just things. Even though it meant something, it's just things, and I surrender it to you, and I know you will bless me in other ways. And just as she said, finished saying that, it just appeared before. So that belongs to you. <laughs> now that belongs to you. Hallelujah. Praise God, because it's been revealed. So, um, hallelujah. Praise God. We, we, one of the things we want to remember when it comes to the things of the glory is not to discount what we don't understand. You know, if we discount everything in the Bible we don't fully understand, I mean, I'm going to ask you, do you fully understand grace and how that operates? Probably not. I know I've been studying Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 for a while, talking about grace and, and uh, you know, hallelujah. Glory to God. And we're and I'm getting more and more revelation, but I just accept it by faith. How many of you understand how God takes your inner man and and it's a it's a, it's a sin nature and he recreates it and he makes you into a new I don't understand how he does that, but I just believe it by faith, don't you? And you know, that's one of the problems people that are atheists and people like that, they they don't they won't just they they discount everything they don't understand. I don't understand. I heard a testimony the other day about a pastor who uh, they were having a, a meeting, uh, some meetings in their church, and man, the anointing was flowing, and all of a sudden it started raining, literal rain in an eight-foot circle at the front of the church. Wet, wet rain, not like we see little sparklies going, you know, that looks like rain, but wet rain where you get wet if you get in it. And the pastor sent some of the men onto the roof of the church to see if there was a leak. But it wasn't raining outside, so, but you know, if the air conditioner's leaking or something. And I don't understand that. 
but I'm not discounting it because really and truly I just believe it now. Hallelujah. And the pastor couldn't figure out what to do. It's like, well, what do you do with that when God does that? So he just said, y'all just get in a line and take turns just coming up through it and getting under it. I thought, well, that's a great solution, wasn't it? Hallelujah. Always take advantage of it anyway, don't we? Uh, so these signs and wonders and all the things we're talking about, the healings, these are not curiosities. We talked about that week. They're not just, you know, well, that's strange, that's weird, but they're agents of change. They're designed to bring us into an encounter with God which, cha which changes us. You know, God, how many of you realize that every one of us in here needs to change in some areas? Hallelujah. Y'all got some, we're not talking about those areas. We tend to kind of not discuss that. But, um, and you know, that's probably good. But I know I need to change and I know that, that I know because I know all how human beings are. I've, I've seen enough of them. You've seen enough of them to know there's not one that doesn't need to change. And so God doesn't just say, I command you to change. No, He wants us to have these times with Him, these encounters with God, because they, they just cause it, they just bring change. And we don't know how they do it, but they do. So God's waking us up and calling us up higher. And the key, like we said, is to seek God. And um, we will find keys in seeking Him. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you just personally that you do not... If you do just have 10 minutes, go ahead and seek Him anyway. Sometimes I know I've said, well, you know, I really don't have time. I can't spend three hours. I've got to go to work. We would all like to spend three hours every morning. wouldn't? Well, I don't know if every one of you would. But a lot of us would like to spend three hours every morning. But, you know, things call. But we need to spend the time we have seeking Him. And He will honor it. Praise God. Um so we must seek to understand what God has chosen to reveal to us. And we become responsible for what we have been privileged to have revealed. Praise God. God wants to be sought. Hebrews eleven six says that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. So He wants to be sought and He wants to reward you then for doing it. Hallelujah. And so, hallelujah. I, I like rewards. I don't know about you. Now, I know that we would say we love God. We'd seek Him even if there wasn't a reward. And it's true. I mean, there really is a truth to that, that I, I'm i not doing it for the reward, and I would do it anyway. If, if you know, if no, if we never saw another healing, I'd still be so thankful for everything God had done so far. If we never... You know, if something were to change and and uh, we never, and prosperity really just didn't happen, we'd still love him just as much and want to serve him and, and give him everything we have. And so we're not doing it for prosperity and we're not doing it for to be healed or to even see miracles done through us. On the, but we're doing it because we love him, but I really do like knowing that he's going to reward me for diligently seeking him and you know there's times that that motivates me there's times that that's that when my flesh says oh i don't want to do that i say well you know i know it'll be blessed it'll be blessed and i'll get blessed for it 
And that, and that happens all the time. We come to prayer and sometimes I know one somebody said Monday night said, I am I am tired, tired, tired. And you know, they were just exhausted feeling. And so after prayer I said, Now do you feel better? And they said, Yes, yes, yes. You know, there's a reward. And I guarantee you, you can sit in front of the TV because I've tried it and you get up just as tired. Sometimes we think the, 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 some, one of our friends texted us a while ago and said, I'm in the ministry of the recliner. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, hallelujah. And so, uh, and I know you're thinking, why weren't they going to church tonight? But they weren't going to church. There's a long story, but anyway, they had this huge funeral today. And so after the huge funeral was over, they went and got in the ministry of the recliner. And, uh, but, and, and I think sometimes we think that will rest us, and there is certainly times to just put our feet up. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, it doesn't do what we thought it would do. Is that correct or am I wrong? Uh, hallelujah. I want you to turn tonight. That was all kind of just a little bit of review. But let's turn over to Luke chapter 24. Hallelujah. And we're, it's, it was a review and then and the, we're about through. Time is running out, but we'll get something in that you didn't get last week. And besides, you didn't remember most of that anyway. <laughs> now that's the gospel truth. That, it's sad, but it's true. You know, I'm always telling the children's ministers, they, they're like, okay, lesson one, lesson two, lesson three. I'm not speaking of any of you in particular. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, this curriculum costs $125. And there is no way those kids got that. Stay on lesson one about four weeks and then go to lesson two. <laughs> you know? Hallelujah. It, I know they didn't get it, those kids, because you didn't get it. Uh, you know, and I didn't get it. It's taken, it takes me a while, doesn't it, sometimes? Sometimes longer than others. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. <sighs> Last week, one of the things we talked about, and I uh, well, I may get back to that. Let's go to Luke 24. Luke 24, verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. Now this is right after Jesus was resurrected, but they didn't know it. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? Then I want you to drop down to verse 25. We don't really have time to read all of it. In verse 25 it says, Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe. Let's read that again. O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Now go to 31. 
And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And this is the what I'm wanting to get to. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? Did not our heart burn within us? And that's the way sometimes these things of the Spirit are. It's like, well, I, but I need proof that this is God. Well, you know, there is, let me just tell you, you're not, there is no proof except the fruit that it bears. And the fruit speaks a lot. But our hearts bear witness. I talked last week about getting a book called Glory in 1999 by Ruth Ward Heflin. And, you know, one, how did I know that that book was okay? Because my heart burned within me. It was, oh my word, this is life. This is, you know, hallelujah. And, of course, you know, I didn't, I, I took time and prayed and sought God and, and uh, looked, in, looked up scriptures and uh, like the Bereans where it said, we searched the scriptures to see if these things be so. And I looked and I hunted and I, and I talked with people and, and some of them didn't give such favorable response. And Pastor and I went on a trip and went over to Georgia and, close to Atlanta and went to a church service and and I but but the real thing was the real way that I knew as I kept coming back to it over and over and as I heard testimonies of this thing happening and that thing happening and this miracle happening and supernatural signs and wonders and healings and watches appearing and all those kind of things what really happened is that my heart burned within me my heart just leapt my heart just was like this is what we've prayed about this is what we've sought for and when we do spend time seeking God you know when things come we recognize it and I wanted to read that to you tonight we have to accept the things of God with our heart because our head, it's just not going to work in our head. There's a real problem between our head and our heart. There's 18 inches, about 18 inches between our head and our heart. And if you're trying to figure it out with your head, you'll never get there. If you try to figure out salvation with your head, you'll never receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you try to figure out the bab now the baptism of the Holy Spirit with your head, it's nearly, you know what? You have to get saved before you can figure out salvation. You have to get baptized in the Holy Ghost before you can figure it out. You have to speak in tongues before you figure out tongues. Hallelujah. And the same thing with all the glory things that are happening in the earth and the things that we pray about and the things that we talk about. You know, our heads are not, but our hearts burn within us that these things are true, these things be so. And so in prayer, we seek them, we go after them. Hallelujah. And, and, and they're in the Word. 
You know, we've just been, sometimes we've just been taught wrong. Like, for instance, prophecy. The Bible says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that ye may prophesy. The Bible says ye may all prophesy. But we kind of grew up in the era where it was like, well, people with a special gift, with a special calling, who have a nationwide ministry, or in a few other people that are pastors or fivefold ministers, they are the ones that have that privilege of prophesying. And and we were kind of discouraged, you know, from and really discouraged from seeking it. It was just something more that God did, but the Bible says pursue. And we're going to talk about what that means in a minute. Uh, actually, in Philippians 3.13, uh, it says, I press towards the prize. Remember that? Forgetting those things that lie behind, I press. I press toward the prize. The word press there means run after, pursue, seek after, eagerly and earnestly endeavor to acquire. I press to the prize. There is a prize. And some of these glory things, those are the prizes, y'all. You know, it's not like, well, I press towards tribulation. Or or even, you know, I press that God would just... Yeah, I really press that God would let me go on a 40-day fast. I press for that. I know you're not pressing for that. You're not motivated to do... You don't want to press for that. You might do it, if it, but but you're not, you're not pressing for it. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I can press to the prize. Hallelujah. Is that true? In 1 Corinthians 1.7, we can turn there. 1 Corinthians 1.7, this is one of the things I have loved to pray. Verse 5, that in everything you are enriched by Him, in everything you are enriched by Him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, Come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to come behind in any gift. If God's given it out to the body of Christ in Argentina or in Brazil or Peru, it's like, no, I, I don't want to come behind. Hallelujah. I come behind. The Bible, that come behind there means to fall behind, to come late, to be tardy, to left, be left behind in the race to fail to reach the goal, to fall short of the end, or to be inferior in power. I'm going to read that again. It means to fall behind, to come late. I don't want to come late to the gift. Well, you know, it's all over now. That revival's all over. And, and now we, oh yeah, we heard about that. And it, it ended last week. Not that they end that abruptly as a general rule, but tardy, left behind in the race. To fail to reach the goal, fall short of the end, to be inferior in power. That happens all the time that people fall behind in the gift. A gift of revival is given and we don't even hear about it till it's over. You know, we are right now rejoicing and talking about and reading about and preaching about revivals that we didn't even participate in and yet they happened in our day. We could have. But it was like, well, I fell behind. I was tardy. I didn't hear. So, you know, make that a part of your prayer that we don't anymore ever come behind in any gift. Hallelujah. Glory. 
So um, not letting our head talk us out of the things of God. Our heart has to accept what our head doesn't fully understand, and that is what's called faith. We can't figure it out. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 6.12, and we're going to wind this up. I know I've kind of given you some... This wasn't exactly a line-by-line formula-type teaching. But I'm just wanting to inspire you to let your heart be your, your ruler, not your head. And not have to figure everything out. And understand all of it. And uh, hallelujah. Isn't it so amazing? You know, there were so many things before I got baptized in the Spirit that I couldn't see. I just couldn't see it. I did not see it. But as soon as I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I started seeing things. Not just, uh, I saw things in the Bible. The Bible, for the first time, made sense to me. I never... I. I, we, you know, I'd read the Bible, not ever the whole thing, or just daily Bible reading. I would try. There was no power either to ever do anything like that. You know, it was just a struggle to do a daily Bible reading. But you got to check it off on your offering envelope that you turned in in Sunday school with your dollar. I'm just telling you about me. I'm not telling you about you. Hallelujah. But we had the, you know, you were, every family, and every person in the family got a little box every first of the year with offering envelopes in it. Leanne doesn't know this. See, she was Methodist. And we got little offering envelopes. And uh, the church paid for them. And, and you turned them in in Sunday school if you went to Sunday school. And, uh, but it had some things you checked off. Daily Bible reading, offering. I don't know if it even had prayer on there. I don't remember. Does anybody remember that? Nobody remembers. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I couldn't make myself do it. So I had no power, and I didn't understand. It's like you got to get in it to get it. you got to get in it to get it. And then it's easy. Once you get in it, it's like, wow, this is easy. This is awesome. Man, this word, isn't this awesome? We carried it everywhere we went. We'd go to Lubbock Shop, and we'd carry our Bibles with us in the car. I mean, we did. We would not put our Bibles down. And it was a pretty good size one. You know, it was a New American Standard I had then, and it was about that thick and, you know, red. So everybody, and <laughs> I mean, it, it was like, this thing, this thing was awesome. And you say, well, I, that didn't happen to me when I got filled. Well, get filled again. Because there's no limit to how many times you can be filled with the Spirit. Get filled again. And if you still didn't get anything, I mean, you still don't get any light in the Word, get filled again. And if you still don't get any light, get filled again. And, you know, if just keep getting filled till you get some light. Hallelujah. And if you didn't want to start, if you didn't have any desire for the Word, then get filled again. Hallelujah. And pretty soon you'll get so filled that it's like you don't even care what your head thinks. You don't even care what people think. We truly 
did not care at all what people thought. And we were in a little bitty town where they were thinking plenty and talking plenty, but we did not even care. It was like they kicked they could kick us out of the Baptist church and it, well, we weren't even offended. We were so full we weren't offended. You know, we weren't even sad. We weren't even I know they thought they were going to make us really mad and upset us, but we're like, no, we're fine. We're happy. We're just so happy. And so we went to the Methodist church, and we were really too happy for them. And so they were, like, scared. I mean, they were like, because we didn't want to just sit home on Sunday morning. So we thought, well, let's go down. to. And some of our friends that were baptized in the Holy Spirit went to the Methodist church. But they had just kind of kept it under closet for but we were way too happy looking. And so they were just like, you You could just tell they were. So uh, then we, I think the next week we went to Lubbock to Trinity Church. And then the next week we went to the Assembly of God. And they were just loving. So it just didn't matter. They weren't near as happy as we were, but they were really loving. So we said, well, they love us. They're, they'll love us. So this will be fine. So we just sat there. And, you know, so, and a bunch of us came. And we just brought all our tithes and offerings, and it's like they hit the jackpot. And all of a sudden, they we remodeled. They remodeled their whole sanctuary because of it, and it was awesome. Hallelujah! I just love to talk about that. Anyway, well, did I have you go somewhere? First Timothy uh, six twelve and we'll end. Just get talking about the olden days. You know, whoo, that seems like a long time ago. Fixed to have a birthday in September. Don't like those that end in O either. Those birthdays that end in O, they're just the best. <laughs> Everything in between is, is like, oh well. But boy, when you get one that ends in an O, you're like, do I have to transition into that? Hallelujah. Unless you're 19 and fixing to be 20, then you don't really care so much. Hallelujah. Number... Uh, okay, twelve, verse twelve of whatever chapter. Fight the fixing to be forty. Fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called so called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Hallelujah. That word fight there means enter a contest. Enter a contest. And the let's see. Fight the good fight. That word good means beautiful. And then that last word, fight, fight the good fight. Do y'all realize fight's in there twice? It's a whole different Greek word, but it still means contest. So here it is. It's here's we're gonna we're gonna make our own verse up. And it's with these with these definitions. Contend for the prize in the beautiful contest of faith. Contend for the prize in the beautiful contest of faith. Kingdom gifts, and that's what we're talking about tonight, gifts, and come to those who recklessly pursue them. They take a risk. R-I-S-K. Hallelujah. Fight the good fight. Contend for the prize in the beautiful contest of faith. Y'all, I guess I preached this these past two weeks because here it is. We can't stop now. We got to keep on keeping on. We got to press on in. We've got to keep on. We got to go for the whole thing. We got to, we got to, hey, we've gone this far. 
sacrificed this much, prayed these many prayers. Hallelujah. We just got to stick to it. Be, we read Monday night in a prayer, we read a, a, about a, a unrelenting. We have to be unrelenting in prayer in spite of the, uh, the attack. The devil doesn't let you go into these things unopposed. But we are unrelenting. We keep going. We're going in. I'm not stopping. Y'all aren't stopping. Y'all aren't stopping. We're pressing in. We're going at We're going to go for all of it. We're going to get all of it. We're not going to be that generation that got this close to revival, that got that close to the glory. And, and we heard a little bit about it, and we saw a few things, but we got, we got scared and we backed off. And if we let our head rule, we'll get scared and backed off. Scared. Scared and backed off. But if we'll let our heart bear witness... And, the, and, we'll let, and we'll follow those things that are burning in our heart. They're burning in my heart that we see revival. And if we'll follow those things, hallelujah. Not only will we see, because John says, in John it says, if you will believe, you will see the glory. So not only will we see the glory, but we'll get the prize. And with, at the end of it all, God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Because you went for it, you paid a price that other people were unwilling to pay. You were paid a price that some people didn't even know to pay. Hallelujah. But like I said last week, and I want to say this again, the things God's doing, He's not doing over there in the corner. If they, if they truly were seeking God, they would find them. Because sometimes some of the things that I have in my life right now, I think, how did I happen upon this? Well, I didn't happen upon it. God somehow caused me to hear, caused me to read, caused me to see it. Had somebody say something about this book or that book, and I got the book, and that book led to another book, and that book they talked about this book, you know. And then you go on somebody's website, and then they send you an email, and then you find out, hallelujah. So God's, we're seeking and we're searching, and God's leading us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me pray for you tonight. Let's bow in prayer. And Father, we thank you for all the things that you have by your will and by your grace you have brought into our lives. How you led us to salvation when maybe even our family didn't know or whatever. God, you led us. You made an appointment. And you drew us and you wooed us. We thank you. And how you brought us to the place to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Lord, we're thankful we didn't miss it. We didn't do without it. And it was your grace that brought it. And Lord, we ask you to make us agents of your grace. To get it to other people that are hungry. Order our steps to, to, into people's lives that are hungry and and searching and seeking and needing. And Lord, lead us to people in our community, the ones that are the most messed up and the most hurting, that need help the worst, Lord. Cause them to cross the paths of every person in this church. And Lord, bring them in the door. Lord, however you do it, order their steps, cause angels to bring them. Lord, because we're so grateful for what you brought into our lives. Lord, we do want to help other people have what we have and 
the solutions to their problems. And Father, I pray for your grace right now to come down on every person to be faithful, to go up to a higher level, to, to, to accomplish more in their prayer life. Lord, to be more of a blessing, to have more seed to sow and more to give away. Father, I thank you for your grace to come on every person in this room to walk in financial freedom. Father, I pray for your grace to come on every person that is uh, not knowing how it's going to work out. Lord, I thank you for your, the assurance right now that your grace will see them through. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for this mighty body that you have put together. Lord, there may not be as many in numbers, but, Lord, there is a mighty agreement and a mighty power here. There is a mighty anointing. There is a, a, a desperate call of hunger. And, Lord, we ask you to knit us together in love, as Colossians says. And we ask you, Father God, to help us do more than we can ask or think, more than we've ever dreamed of. We ask you to bless fire starters. We ask you, Father God, to change us in our thinking so that we think like men and women of revival. And Lord, that every culture that's needed in this church for revival, that we have it. Lord, we are willing to change and set aside everything of religion. In fact, we ask you to wash religion. Even things we don't know are religious. Wash them out of us. Wash all unbelief out of us. In Jesus' name. Lord, we open our hearts wide open and say, Lord, do a work in our hearts. Because we desire you so much and we want you. We want you, Lord. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before Pastor comes, Pam, give that testimony that you told us Monday night. Just stand up and give it. That girl. The girl. <laughs>